to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus 19, so great to see everybody here. God bless you. Amen. Leviticus 19. Hallelujah. Just going to be real practical tonight and just, I don't feel like the word of God is ever really what it's meant to be until it is practical. It's not done until we become doers of the word and not hearers only. God wants us to to act on it, to live it, amen, for it to change our lives. So we're praying God would do just that in this building. Let's just ask God to help us. Father, we love you. We love you so much, God. We thank you for your presence here. And, Lord, we thank you for your great people, Lord, a people that are dedicated, Lord, a people that are real. And I thank you for that, God. Help us, I pray, though. Lord, we need you to just help us to learn, to grow, and to be everything. Lord, there's potential in this house that has not yet been reached. Lord, we talked last week about going to another level in you, God. And I pray tonight this would help us to see just what we can do to be more effective for your kingdom. The devil's fighting. The devil's working overtime, God. It's not time for us to be distracted, but help us to be, Lord, settled into your word. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Leviticus 19, verse 9 says, And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. Thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, Neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. God bless you. You can be seated. You know, a lot of times we look back into the culture and the the way God dealt with them in the Old Testament. And they were an agricultural society. I've heard people miss the whole point and say, well, when God was talking about giving, he was talking about grain offerings and livestock. Well, you know, we can apply that to our lives today. And what is valued as as commerce and and money for us, it's the same principles. God said to them, as they would plant a field, whatever they had planted and whatever had come forth that day, he said, I want you to not... Reap the corners. Leave some in the corners of your field. I worked hard for that. I expect an increase in that. God said, I'll bless you. Don't go back over your field and just get every little bit. Go through it, but leave leave some of that because, you know, there's going to be somebody coming through town that is less fortunate than you. You see them out there picking through your field, let them go. It's called gleaning. Let them have the corners. I'm going to give you enough for you and to be generous. God knows how to bless his people. But he doesn't bless us to be stingy. He doesn't bless us to be selfish. And he said, I want you to consider other people that maybe don't have what you have. And You remember the story of Ruth in the Old Testament? Her mother Naomi was married to Elimelech. And Elimelech. Like the rest of those in his area, were going, they were going through a famine. And he got the idea that, hey, these are tough times. I'm going to go somewhere else until it gets a little easier. And then I'll come back. 
And he went and took his family and moved into a place called Moab. That wasn't the will of God. Those people were kind of, sort of like Israel, but they weren't Israel. It was a mixture of the word of God, promises of God, and the world. God said, come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. That's when I'll be a God to you. Amen. But Elimelech had this idea. He said, hey, I'm, my faith is wavering. I know God's going to pull us through, but I'll be back when he pulls you all through. But he never made it back. He moved and moved with his children to the world. To, oh, you know, they're not so different. Well, different enough. If they would have just listened to what God was saying. Their two sons, they saw some women over here in Moab and they said, that's who I want to marry. God said, that's not my will. That's being unequally yoked. They're not going to serve God with all their heart. They're not going to love God when, and, and, and be dedicated to God like you are. Well, they still pray and they, they still have somewhat of a relationship with God. It wasn't the will of God. They married these two women and, and you know the story, I'm sure. When they thought everything was going well, then all of a sudden, Elimelech dies. Now Naomi's a widow. His sons die. They never make it back. They never make it back. Can I tell you something? Sometimes we plan, and God's got bigger plans. Oh, I can get back anytime I want. I'll be so serious with God when I come back. But right now, I just need a little bit of time. They didn't make it back. They didn't make it back. Now, Naomi's got these two daughter-in-laws, Moabite girls. Naomi is broken. She's a widow now. Her sons have died. She's going to go back to Israel. I've got nothing left to hear. I've got nothing at all. And, and Naomi calls her two daughter-in-laws together and, and says, listen, I, I have nothing for you. I'm, I'm, I've lost everything. I don't understand what God is doing. Bible says, I don't, when she went back home, she said, don't even call me Naomi. Call me Mara. It means to be bitter. She said, God has dealt very bitterly with me. I don't understand. I don't, I don't, can't comprehend what God is doing. God had a plan. Like I told you this morning, God always had a plan. He's not destroying you. He's not against you. He's got a plan. You let him teach you. Let him purify you. Let, just learn from God and you're going to see he's got a plan, but you got to follow him. And Elimelech made a mistake, and, and, and they were suffering consequences for that. But she says to these girls, just go back to your families. I got nothing, and I can't get married and raise boys for you to marry you. You don't have that kind of time. And the one uh, daughter-in-law said, wept and cried and said, I hate this, but I'm going to go back. But But there was a young lady named Ruth, and she was a Moabite woman, but... She said, no, no, I'm not leaving. I've seen something in you that I can't just let go of. I've seen something in you that my, my family doesn't, doesn't have and my people don't have. It's not just the same. It's not, it's, it's, this has been empty for me, but, but I want, I want to follow you wherever you go. I'm going to follow you and whatever, where your people are going to be my people. Your God is going to be my God. I want what you have. She goes back and, and 
tells tells Ruth we don't have anything at all. There's a there's a field out here. Basically, we are we're broke. We are we we have to do we have to glean. We don't have a home. We don't have a field. We don't have anything we can plant. We're just by ourselves. But you go out there and you you glean. And God had His eyes on Ruth. Amen. And God loved her. And not only does she end up marrying the man who owned the field, but she becomes part of the lineage of Jesus Christ and His natural birth. Hallelujah. In Bethlehem, where she was, where where they were from, there Naomi and Elimelech. Amen. And there's a beautiful, beautiful story there. But I want to tell you about the idea of gleaning. It, uh, it, it was something that if you were broke, if you were poor, if you had nothing, if you were homeless, you gleaned. And that's how you ate. And God made a way that that would be possible. But when she got married, she was no longer a gleaner. She owned the field. Amen. Once she, God had his way and, and moved and she was no longer living the lifestyle of a beggar. But now it was her field in joint ownership with her husband. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things in this world, can I tell you, that you can glean a little something. You can get something of value. Sometimes just driving down the road, you look at a billboard. Say, wow, there's something. Just makes me think about Jesus. Something that makes me think about the blessings of God. Amen. You might see a stop sign and the Holy Ghost just talk to you and say, Hey, just stop what you're doing and start turn from your sin and whatever it might be. Little things. Can I tell you, you might pick up through the day. There may be some tidbits you find on the internet. Hello? And I, Heard some folks talk already, you know, get a, uh, this, this book is good. You might be able to glean something out of it. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I don't know this guy really believes anything right, or I, I don't know what his stand is on a lot of things, but you can glean some things out of it. Right. And, but I have found that as a child of God, if you want to really have the most going on in your life, the best that you can have, don't live like a gleaner. Amen. Live like you own a field. Amen. Can I tell you that? Hallelujah. There's there's so much that distracts us and so many things that are really have so little value. And we only have so much time. Well, praise God. I heard somebody say the other day, I don't have it written down. I don't have all the statistics, but somebody said, if I give you a million dollars. Somebody handed you a million dollars in the morning. You think that, uh, how, how tough would it be to have a bad day that day? Think you'd be in a good mood? Amen. Praise the Lord. You think uh, it'd be tough for anybody to get you down? Paid all your bills? Had some extra in the bank to get some things you always wanted? It'd be a pretty, pretty good day for you, I suppose. Somebody tries to give you a hard time, you just walk away and say, no, you, you don't understand how good it is. But what about $10 million? Woo. Would that, would that uh, change your attitude at all? Would you trade that million dollars? Would you trade that $10, $10 million for waking up tomorrow morning? Of course not. What's it worth if, if I'm not alive? But yet, we have something more valuable than $10 million. 
We have our time. We have our life. Amen. And we allow ourselves to be so distracted and so pulled down by so many things. Psalm 119 is a love song about the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 37 says, turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. How many things in our lives are we spending time on things that are vanity? What's vanity? No value. Amen. No value at all. Isaiah 55 says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me. And you'll eat that which is good. So often we spend so much of this time that God has blessed us with. So many things that have so little value. Living like a beggar, gleaning a little bit. Oh, God really helped me with something. I saw this funny video, but God really spoke to me. Can I tell you, you can get better than that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You can do better than that. Yeah. To labor and hearken diligently. You know, I've heard people say, well, wow, I think brother testified about the other day when people, you know, your children are small, you know, they grow up and they're going to have to make a decision, but God's got them. God's got their attention. Don't you worry. But for a young child to grow up, we talked about a little bit this morning as well. Um, you know, and you, you're training them up in the way they should go. You go out and you see all the other children, maybe throwing fits and tantrums and grabbing things and screaming, yelling, taking swings at mom and dad. And then they look at you and say, wow, your children are respectful. You're so lucky. <laughs> and you know luck doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with it at all. You worked hard, amen, for them to know how to be respectful. You were diligent, when it wasn't easy, when somebody else was trying to be cool and act like, hey, that's just them, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to want to hurt them in some way as far as their spirit or their attitude. And you say, you know, I want to train them up in the way they should go. Right. Like an arrow that we're going to let go of someday. I wanted to be able to hit the mark. Right. And uh, you worked hard for that. You worked hard for them to pay attention when someone's talking to them to say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. So many different ways that you to to say no and you know no means no. You you gotta you gotta work at that, and it's not always fun labor, but it's diligence. It takes diligence. Amen. You you have to look at your life. If you don't want to spend your life with so much vanity, you have to look at your life and say, you know what? I have to get diligent working on the things that have the most value, an eternal value. There's some people out here, they're laboring to be rich, and um, they're working hard at it. But I found something more valuable than that. If you are going to really reach the potential that God has in you, you can't play games like and live like a gleaner. Amen. You're going to have to look for, to fill your heart and your mind with quality. Amen. It's not always the, the comedy. It's not always the, 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 the great stories of interest, but, but the presence of God and the word of God. I want to, I want to get the best that I can in my heart and in my mind because I only have so much time. 
And if I'm going to do what God wants me to do, I got to get diligent. I got to fill my heart and my mind diligently. Amen. I see in this day of anxiety and technology and so many different things that come against us throughout the day that what happens is we are we are always about half checked out sometimes. Presence of God is moving, and on the outside you may be really singing a song or, or lifting up your hands, but inside you, you're you're still worrying, you're still doubting, you're still thinking about other things. And in order to live a life that is not just oh I picked up some little things there, but you immerse yourself into what God is doing in your life. You put aside some things that are just vanity, no value, and start start digging in with all your heart. You're going to see something. Amen. Praise God. You're going to see value start building up in you to be diligent. Let's talk about prayer. I don't know how many times I've heard recently somebody say, hey, when you ask them about prayer, I pray all the time. Well, that's not bad at all. That's good. All the time is a good prayer life. Sounds like it, right? Just because, you know, some people talk all the time and they kind of have that testimony. The only way they could say less is keep talking. Do you ever meet anybody like that? They talk all the time, but they don't say anything that really means anything at all. Amen. You know, I believe in praying without ceasing. I believe in talking to God throughout the day, but. But has, is there ever a time like Jesus talked about where you just get in the closet and close the door? Not so much literally, but you get the distractions out. Amen. I don't want to miss my, 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 my exit here, God, but, uh, hold on a minute. I'll get back to you. Oh, no. (laughs) Did I hit the gas too heavy here? I, I'm still praying, God, but, but are those red lights in my rear view mirror? I'm not against praying in your car. Watch your speed. When you start shouting and getting excited in the presence of God, right? <laughs> but having that small talk with God all day, help me, be there for me, thank you, Jesus, is good. Hallelujah. But quality. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look what it says in James. Look what it says in James 5. Where you're present, where he's got your attention. Where it's quality time. This is where people slip. A lot of people. I remember I had a, I had a neighbor one time. God bless him. I, I don't I honestly don't even remember his name, but he was talking about them groundbreaking at a new church. And uh, he said, we all got together at that ceremony and held hands and who did we pray? We prayed a full five minutes. He was just blown away that people could pray for five minutes. God bless him. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the more you can have a heart-to-heart talk with your father, where you're not distracted, where you're real, this is where the enemy fights Christians. Where you take for granted your experience with God and you just kind of check out. And it comes more about how busy you are and what you're doing and what you want and what you like. And you don't spend time in the presence of God and allow that 
that relationship to develop into something so valuable that you don't leave the same way you went into the presence of God. That God begins to purify you and lead you. And Amen. Oh, I know. I believe in it, people. I'm not against it. People, uh, brothers talk about listening to having the Bible playing at night. Great, great. I'm not against it. You need to do better. But that's not the only time you listen to the Bible. <laughs> Amen. I know people say, oh, man, I just put it under my pillow. I don't know if that just soaks in there like that, you think. <laughs> but quality time with, with, with God as your friend. I know people that shout and speak in tongues and at the drop of a hat. And, but really to have a heart-to-heart talk with God, it becomes emotion, but so just shallow experience. They shout all over the place, leap, and, and, and but, but is there ever something that's a quality time with God? Confess your faults one to another, James 5.16 says. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We're not just talking about what you say to him throughout the day. Effectual, fervent prayer is time that you put in your heart, and that's quality time with God. Amen. Something that you can develop where you have that time that, that you don't have to just excuse yourself because somebody else is calling or they're, they're texting. Hey, I, I've, got a, I've got an important conversation going on here. Elijah, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Elijah was a powerful man of faith, but he said he was subject to like passions. He is the same kind of flesh that you have. He got, could get pulled away and pulled down and tempted and tried just like anybody else. And he prayed earnestly. See, that's the key. That's the part you, you, you ought to underline. He just was a man like, like you and I. And he prayed earnestly. And God stopped the rains. And it rained not. If God could do that for a man just like you, and, and, but he prayed earnestly. How many times we... I'll tell you what's happened in this generation. Nobody's doing anything earnestly. Right. Half-hearted everything. Lukewarm everything. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. People all excited about God, but when it comes to really digging in and doing some quality, then, well, you know, it doesn't take all that. You're just so serious. Yeah, I guess I am. I guess this is my soul. I guess this is eternity. I guess this is a God that I said I love with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Oughtn't it be everything? Elijah is a man subject to like passions as we are, yet he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and did not rain. It rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. He prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. What's he saying? The effectual fervent prayer. You pray throughout the day, pray on your job. Good, good, good. Please don't hear something I'm not saying. But there needs to be a time when we get engaged in the spirit. I know what I feel, what I'm up against many times. And, and we're doing so much better than we have for a long time. Where people come into church and, and they're just still connected to the conversation they had in the car on the way over. All right. Amen. They're still connected to troubles and worries of, of the job. And, and they don't just come in and say, okay, God, this is the, my time that I spend with you. Right. Amen. Second Timothy 2. Oh, help us, Lord. You know, it's a challenging question. You may have heard somebody ask it. They say, well, 
when uh, when people are talking to you, are you listening or are you just waiting for them to stop so you can say the next thing that's on your mind? Amen. Can I tell you, we got a lot to say to God, but do we have an ear to hear? Do we have an ear to hear what the spirit would say to the church? We need to develop a sensitivity to hearing God. A lot of ways we can glean a lot of, a lot of neat things, small talk with God and, and little things throughout the day that remind us God's there. I got you. It's not, not saying anything about it, that it's bad. Just saying, is there a better choice that you could be making? Is there something you could be putting your time into that really would have more quality to it? Amen. I'm not against a lot of different devotionals and things people are listening to. You know, people used to listen to the radio. I'm preaching on, on the radio in their car. Do cars even have radios anymore? I guess it's just all USB. I don't know. But uh, hallelujah. Look what it says. Second Timothy. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Second Timothy 2.14. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. Vain words. You can get involved in something that really isn't going to glorify God. It's really not going to people going to say, I really want what you have. There's more value to so much that God would have for you. You want to see people healed? You want to see people set free? You want to see people helped through your testimony, your ministry? Get the word in your heart. Get as much of it as you can. Yeah. Seek out quality teaching. Yeah. Quality preaching. Right. Not something that's got a candy stick. This ministry is about this and this ministry. God, Paul said, I've, got, I've not shunned to deliver you the whole counsel. Right. There's some things that we can get excited about. There's some other things that might be like broccoli and Brussels sprouts for you, but it's still good for you. Right. Amen. Amen. You need to get everything in you. Amen. Amen. Try to get some quality and you seek that out. Seek quality teaching. Seek quality preaching. Seek quality time in the word. Study. Look what it says. Let's back up. Strive not about words to no profit, but the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved of God. People know their sports team. People know the the latest dirt on celebrities. Study to show yourself approved to God. Get in the word. Get to know who these People are and what God was doing and how that applies to you. Seek it. Dig into it. Amen. I appreciate people saying, you know, what, what, what happened to you? <laughs> how did you get to know the word and to be able to hear from God and follow in the presence of God and, and be sensitive to that? Can I tell you, it, it doesn't, it's not by gleaning. It's by diligently saying, this is the most valuable thing in my life. Amen. I've looked at things in this world and I said, hey, here's, here's where value is. Here's, here, here's my family. Here's my health. Here's stability in my finances. Those are all very important, but nothing like living for God. Amen. Amen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings. They will increase unto more ungodliness. Do you have an ear to hear what God is saying? Seek it. Dig yourself in. Sometimes it's difficult to learn just how do I learn? How do I get the most out of it? How do I, how do I get the most quality? God lead me. Sometimes there's just times that 
I set things aside and say, you know what, I, it's nothing wrong with that. I just need more time seeking something that's got some value to it. Amen. The Word of God. Study to show yourself approved. Get into the Bible. Learn it. Get a hold of teaching and preaching. Amen. That's going to that's gonna feed your soul. It's going to get you more in tune with God's voice. Because there's a lot of voices in the world, the Bible says. None of them without significance. But God's got a... God's got a voice that his sheep are going to follow. And you better know that in this last day there's a lot of deception going on. I need to follow the word of God. Oh, thank God. I know. I know there's a lot of folks that just want to throw this in quickly. But I know there's a lot of people just like, well, I I don't mind being preached to, but I don't need a pastor telling me anything. Well, God bless you, but don't be so sensitive. Just let let God put somebody in your life that says, hey, I, I can help you with some things here if you let me. Amen. Amen. I can help you grow in this area and be better and, and give you some value. Hey, that's that's so vital to me. I've sought that out with all my heart. I need I need I can hear from God, but I thank God for somebody who can see something maybe I can't see in me. Amen. Amen. Don't be so easily offended when the word of God corrects you or. Or reproves you. Let let God help you get that value. Amen. If there's something in my life that's vanity, if there's something in my life that's that's just taking me down a path that's just just I can excuse it and I can say it's not that big of a deal, but is it really getting me diligently closer to God and reaching the potential that I need to be at? Hey, God can use you. God can work through your life. God's somebody said it tonight. A book of Acts, church. We did 50, 50 messages, not just sermonizing, they're messages, studies, 50 weeks in the book of Acts. And I recently gave it to Chris and said, I want you to listen to this. And, and, and he's, whew, who knows, a couple of weeks and he's through almost all 50 of them. And he said, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. This is how we have church. Yeah. You're modeling what you do, what you preach, how we worship, how we make decisions on the book of Acts. Amen. You figured it out. It's no secret. People that just never really tap into the vision of what God is doing. And, and hey, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of books out there that preachers are reading on business practices and how to build a crowd and how to do this and that. But listen to me. Let's look at the book of Acts and say, God, I need an anointing. I need your power. I need your Holy Ghost in my life, in my home, in my ministry. I want to do what God, you called me to do. And I don't want to waste any more time. God's working. What? Let him work. Hallelujah. Try to find the best for you. Shun profane and vain babblings. Don't strive about words that have no profit. We spend our time. Throughout the day on so many things. And God's, God's trying to put value in us. His, the value of his kingdom. Talking about prayer. Talking about the word of God. But let's spend a little bit more time before we close about people. Because Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor. God didn't save you to put you in some kind of museum as a piece of he puts you out in the world to shine your light. Amen. And it's so easy to 
again, be so caught up in, in whatever we might be thinking about, what we want, what we need, worries and regrets of the past, and hopes and for the future. And there's somebody right around you that needs to see Jesus. We talked about sharpening here. I think somebody mentioned sharpening in the testimony time, sharpening one another. That means that takes some diligence, doesn't it? To be somebody that can sharpen. Amen. To take the time and the energy, not to just constantly be foolish. We have a good time. We laugh together. We we have fun together. But to to build one another up, to edify, that takes some diligence. That takes some time to recognize there's somebody that's valuable to God. So they should be valuable to me. I want to sharpen them. And they might know something. You know what? They might know something you don't know. They might have something to sharpen you with. Pay attention. Don't be so distracted. Amen. We, uh, sometimes are very, there's, there's a word I, I use a phrase really about being self-aware. So many people are, are just blind to just how they're doing. They don't realize how much they're struggling sometimes. That's why we need one another to build one another up. Sometimes we really think we're doing so good on our own, but really, if we were really honest, we'd see how much complaining we're doing, so much vain talk that we're doing, so much empty vanity that's in our lives and... Sister said something the other day. Sister Emily talked about thanking God for saving me from me. And um, thinking about how so often that's that really is the case, isn't it? Amen. Sometimes we're raised in families that that I know this is sensitive, but I'm going to obey God. You know, we're raised in families that are good and and I'm not a bunch of, uh, of lunatics maybe, but you've got your ways that, you know, maybe sometimes you're looking for the worst in somebody. You're seeing the, the fault right away. You're always pointing out the negative and, and, and that's not healthy. Right. Right. It's def- certainly not Christian. Yeah. Amen. Right. Try to feel better about yourself because you know where everybody else is messing up. The only reason that you're not hearing about it in you is because they got more valuable things to do with their time. What a, what, what a vain way to live your life recognizing faults rather than getting to be diligently helping to edify the church. Sometimes it is our second nature, really. Well, let me say our first nature that before we come to God to just, just tear down, to look at, see the faults, to, to, maybe it's some kind of protective coping mechanism not to to not be so weak and vulnerable because you're looking around and seeing everybody but that has problems and get focused on that and but you're gonna find out this yeah you're right wow everybody's got it everybody's got a problem that's why we need jesus amen don't waste your time studying the bad start looking how can i be a blessing and a help if you're going to use words The Bible says words that the power of those words is life and death. If you're going to use words that edify, use words that are life, that's going to take some diligence. You're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to consider the people around you to be able to say something that's going to help them and bless them and not tear them down and condemn. That's easy. That's so easy. 
Words that are life, words that are blessings. You got to be diligently, prayerfully consider, hey, there's people that need help just like I need help. The Bible talks about, well, let's turn to it. First Corinthians nine, first Corinthians nine. Oh, hallelujah. First Corinthians nine nineteen says, for though I be free from all men, do what you want. But Paul said, I've made myself a servant unto all that I might gain the more. I don't have to do that. I don't have to care about somebody. I don't have to try to help them. I'm free from all men. I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. But Paul said, I've made a decision to take responsibility for my neighbor. And it sounds like he knows Jesus, doesn't it? Because that's just exactly what he did. Under the Jews, I became as a Jew. I tell you everywhere that the Jewish religion is messed up and wrong. He said, I understand, guys. I was there. Put his arm around the shoulders and said, let me talk to you. I get it. Let me talk to you about the fulfillment of your prophets in Jesus. Amen? Amen. That I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law. Oh, do you know that law has been been, uh, fulfilled in Christ and and you're wasting your time? No, no, no. He said, don't offend them. Don't put them down. I understand what it means to be under the law. I understand what you have with all those that that uh, Old Testament regulations. But listen to me. Hallelujah. Let me tell you about how awesome Jesus is. I understand. He spent some time diligently building bridges to people didn't just happen you can't just go through your life just just totally carefree careless (laughs) and not and oh the spirit of god is just gonna gonna tell me hey go talk to that person go do that he does that but you know what he'll do it even more so in somebody that is diligently looking for a chance to be a blessing that has made a decision to them that are without the law the gentiles guys i get where you come from because You know, I have a background of being under the old covenant, the law of Moses, but God set me free from all that. And I know where you're coming from. And you may feel like like nobody cares about you, but Jesus does. To them that are without the law, as without the law, not being without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I may gain them that are without the law. To the weak. I'm not trying to prove you got something better. You're better than anybody else. Let me talk about how strong it to the weak I became. To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. Minister, serve, be a quality, quality relationships that you're praying for them. That you're doing your best to to build a bridge. Don't be careful. Some people have been hurt deeply. Say, well, they aren't so be easy, so easily offended. Isn't that what you preach? Absolutely. As a child of God, we need to let God work and don't be easy to be offended. But be careful with people. Right. Be careful with people. Some of them are weak. And you know what it's like to be weak. Right. So the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I have made all things to all men that I may by all means save some. Next chapter, 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 23, 
We call it empathy. It means saying, I, I get, I've been hurt too, I've been through some things too. I understand and, and make a connection to that. Not just something where you continuously just blow people off. It like, doesn't matter. You know, some of these people, you look at them and say, oh, you know what, what a mess. What, you, what would you be? What would you be if you walked a mile in their shoes? Where would you be? Where would you be if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Listen, Paul said there's a lot of things I can do, but not all of them are helpful. Amen? It's not a matter of saying, oh, I don't think that will send me to hell. Wait a minute. How can I be the best testimony possible? All things are lawful to me for me, but all things edify not. There's going to be some things in my life that that this just doesn't edify me. It's not building me up. There's a better choices to make to get to strengthen my relationship with God, to strengthen my the value that I have. Amen. For the church, for the people in this community. I want to have the value of the Holy Ghost working in me. And that takes some diligence to fill your life with that. It takes some time to to give to God. Amen. It means you you put your time in. You Hallelujah. I, I heard somebody a while back, I don't know if it was a what the context of it was at all, but they were talking about it, it was a, a boxer. I think I used this text testimony before this this example before, but they were saying, you know what, you cannot judge what just what's gonna happen in that fight. You just don't know. And I know some of you say, well, why in the world are you talking about that? Paul said, I, I fight as one, but not as one that beateth the air. So, hey, we got Bible for it. But he said that you cannot just accurately figure out exactly what's going to happen. So you just got to put the road work in. You got to be able to put the time in that no matter what happens, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Can I tell you? The church needs people that are diligent in the kingdom of God. We can't play games. I'll tell you why people do well, because they're diligent. They're not playing with the world. They're not playing with sin. They're not playing with, with the devil. They're not playing with, with mediocrity. They're just putting their whole heart, and you'll do well. And you'll struggle if you make compromise with sin. He said, all things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. How can I be a blessing to somebody else? How can I be a help? That's the goal. That's the, the focus. Not my own, but somebody else's wealth. Drop down to verse 32. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit but the profit of many that they may be saved. When you start getting diligent in what really has value, you can get through this. You can pick a little here as a beggar. Oh, I got a little thought. I got a little idea. I got a little, uh, a little encouragement there. I had a little talk with Jesus, made it right. I believe in all of that. Amen. God does that to you and to me, but there's something more than that. There's taking some time and diligently seeking God, diligently hearkening to him. 
Not just looking for gleaning, but taking some time to find the best for my life, the best for my walk with God, the best for, for how I can affect and for the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. God's so good. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Gleaning. Vanity versus value. There's some things we glean in this world. And, but I feel like there's some here today. You might be able to say, you know, I could, I could dig in a little bit more diligently. You know you need faith. There's a way to receive faith. There's a way to get faith. You know you're struggling in an area. It's time to buckle down and get serious about being an overcomer. You know you're not doing what you need to be doing. You know there's something missing in your life that God is wanting you to fulfill a potential that he's had on you. Can't play games and just think God's going to do it all. He's, he's looking for those that will diligently hearken to him. Take some time. Some quality time with God. Don't be so distracted. Dig into the Word. You say, well, I have a hard time understanding. Look some things up. Ask some questions. That's, how, that's just that simple. Oh, I don't know. Well, there you go. Hallelujah. A lot of foolishness going on in the world today. You're not going to get value from a lot of neat little ideas from some Instagram influencer. You're going to need to get into the Word of God, get into the presence of God, develop a walk and a sensitivity to God. He's going to help you. It's amazing what God is doing. If you start putting your priorities in line. Oh, hallelujah. Relationships take time. Building friendships that last take time to be a, a blessing and an encouragement. It takes some time. And if you're going to get everything that God has for you, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some, some diligence on your part. Come on, let's find a place to pray. God, you're so good. I love you, Lord.
their soul that is just loving and serving a God who would save them and forgive them. And then somewhere along the line, just let up. Somewhere along the line, just begin to feel comfortable and at ease with a good enough experience. sit back and wonder why. I heard it so many times. Why aren't, isn't more getting done? Why aren't you doing more? Why don't I hear from God more? Hey, He's available. He's speaking. You can have an ear to hear. you got to develop that. you got to reach out to that. You want God to direct your life? There's a way to develop a sensitivity to His voice and His direction. And it's His will. It's His will to work through you. God's invested a lot in you. God's put a lot in you through a lot of different battles you've fought, a lot of different situations that you've been through, as well as the experiences and the teaching. He's shown you time and time again. I've got a plan for you. The question is, can you diligently seek Him with all your heart? Can you make His will the most valuable thing? run the Bible talks about for a temporary crown people that have excellence in mind to be the best they can be at what they do oh I thank God for people that are saying you know what I'm going to be what God wants me to be I'm going to put my whole heart into it Lord I want you to get all the glory let's all stand Father again we thank you for your presence here tonight Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each one here. Lord, you're working in a great way. I see it, Lord, so clearly. Help us to just continue to draw near to you. Build us up. Strengthen us and use us for your glory. God, now bless each one. Keep us safe as we travel to our homes. And we give you all the praise that you alone is worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.